You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers post-game rapid react episode late Sunday night after this week seven loss to the Indianapolis Colts or Monday morning. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here on Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you. 30-18, the final. Wet, windy at Levi's Stadium. Croc, our number one key to victory. We talked about it a lot last week. Turnovers. Niners got a couple turnovers, which means they won the football game, right? Well, not really because they turned it over four times to their turnovers that they received too. So it did not turn out so well for the 49ers in the end. I have a lot of thoughts. We have a lot of takeaways here. We'll give out some game balls as we always do on these post-game episodes. I think there's worthy game balls for both teams in this one, Croc. I think there are definitely some guys that jumped out, even on the 49ers. I mean, it's tough to kind of find positives in a game like that where you – Feel like it's a must win and just the way that they lost. But there were some positives. There were some guys I felt like, you know, played well and showed up. Even the Colts fan was like, I want to wait. I want to wait to touch on this guy. But I thought he played well okay. all night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even some game balls, I guess, on the on the other side of the ball, too. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of the plays that the Colts players made. I think we got to start with the quarterbacks here, Croc. And, and let's start at the end after the game. Kyle Shanahan asked if he will stick with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback next week. He said, quote, I would guess so. Didn't sound uh, too sure about it. He said he had to go back and watch the film. Said, by no means were we perfect. All the things he always says post-game. Uh, he also said it depends on who is healthy, which kind of, I think that opens the door a little bit for Trey Lance. Because Jimmy's healthy already. So if he's worried about who's healthy at quarterback, the only other guy is Trey Lance, right? And then he also went on, he was asked again about it to clarify, will Jimmy G be your starting quarterback next week against the Bears? Quote, I've got a lot of things to figure out. What does Kyle Shanahan need to figure out first? Well, I think that's a good job by him to not make like, you know, this rash decision based on just, you know, the emotions of coming off of a loss. I think that's what anything in life, right? Like, you know, you get into it with your wife. You don't want to just be like, all right, I'm divorcing you because you get so caught up <laughs> in the moment. I think this was one of those situations where it's like, yeah, I'm not happy about it. It's probably, you know, pretty sure a lot of moments where he could say, I wish Jimmy could do this, this, and this, and I wish I had somebody that could. And, okay, Trey Lance can eventually be that guy. I'm not sure if he's that guy right now, but, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and put him in right now. I, I like the fact that he left the window open but also gave himself time to really think about exactly where the 49ers are right now and what gives them the best chance moving forward. You know, I mean, I guess as soon as a game next week on the road in Chicago. What did we think about Jimmy Garoppolo in this game? Jimmy Two Gloves was, and I asked a question before the game because we knew that the elements were going to be like, this wasn't going to be a game that Jimmy Garoppolo shined in. And so before the game started, I asked the folks on Twitter, I said, with so much scrutiny on the 49ers quarterback situation, will fans give Jimmy a pass due to the conditions tonight? And resounding no response to that even before the game. And after the game, it was even worse. Like, everyone blaming Jimmy. <laughs> everyone blaming Kyle. So, uh, the 49ers definitely in the in the view of the fans, I think. And 
um, some folks, you know, some close friends that you're texting with. And uh, I think everybody, it's not just a Twitter, you know, it's not just a crazy Twitter crowd thing. It's, it's everybody. It's the fan base getting pretty tired of it. I, I think they're pretty ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And a lot of fingers continually are getting pointed more and more toward Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. One listener asked when the show was going to come on and said, don't let Lynch and Shanahan off the hook. Some folks last week got mad at us because we were too hard on Lynch and Shanahan, right? <laughs> and so now yeah. after seeing another game, just more frustration starts to grow and grow with the fan base. Yeah, and, and I get the frustration. I, I think one of the first things that I thought about with this was I don't think playing Trey Lance in that game would have made a difference, right? Like, I, I don't think that Jimmy was necessarily the reason why the 49ers lost. But I also think he didn't do anything to really contribute to the 49ers winning, mm-hmm. which really has been Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. for most of his time with the 49ers. It, the, the games that the 49ers won, I don't think I'd say about 90 percent of them, you would say, well, he didn't win them the game, but he also didn't lose them the game. And I watched this game and obviously we're going to look at the two late interceptions and kind of point to those as the reasons why the 49ers lost. But I don't think it was necessarily that. I just think it was kind of a lack of playmaking ability, right? When like when the 49ers needed you to make that play on third down or whatever, it almost seemed like the Colts always got the 49ers off of the field. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, that's kind of who he is. You want him to be able to execute on those downs. And I think that's really been the biggest difference between him this year as opposed to the other years when he is winning more games. The third down efficiency, and I, and, I mean, I haven't looked this number up, but I would assume it has dropped off drastically from – 2000, even 2017 and 2019 as well, third downs not playing well. That's been the biggest difference. And if you're not going to be efficient on third downs, you got to make some plays at some point. And we saw it from Carson Wentz, who did not have a great game, but he made enough plays Mm -hmm. to win the game, or he gave his guys opportunities to make plays where they resulted in a passing interference. I'm sure we'll get into that or them coming down with the game-winning touchdown as we saw, or stealing touchdowns as we saw Pittman come down with. Give your guys a chance. I thought I thought Carson Wentz outplayed Jimmy from that standpoint. Both ugly games, especially considering the elements, but the playmaking ability of one guy out, outshined and outlasted the guy on the other squad. Yeah, and I think ugly quarterback play was to be somewhat expected in that game right. because of the wind and rain. And yeah, if it felt like the 49ers we're continually getting taken off the field by the Colts. One of 11 on third downs. The first third down conversion came with six minutes left in the third quarter. And it turns out that was the only one. And and the very next play was almost an interception. Then there was a strip sack a couple plays after that. So that drive even ended when they did have their one third down conversion in that game. Looking back for the last couple of weeks too, this is a problem that's plagued the 49ers. Even with Trey Lance starting the last week or the last game two weeks ago, they were 3 of 11 on third downs. The game before that, which was Jimmy G, they were 2 of 14 on third downs. So they've been 1 of 11, 3 of 11, 2 of 14 on third downs the last three games. That, it just can't happen. Uh, and it goes beyond Jimmy G, obviously, because he didn't play in one of those games. So you got to start to look at, at Kyle Shanahan a little bit, too, I think, there. We will talk about Kyle Shanahan, but real quick about the third downs. Did you hear Joe Staley's comments? Yes, Joe Staley's coming correct recently, man. I've been surprised by how willing and how honest he has been about the 49ers being so close to the team and and so um you know so recently removed from being in that locker room and on the roster. <laughs> Just last year, but he came out and talked about it, the third down efficiency, that's the money down and 
You kind of got to make a play. And, and, and this is my thing. And it's tough when you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo because he isn't really going to make plays with his legs. But if you're not going to make plays with your legs, you have to be money on third down, passing the ball. like And like Joe Staley said, when everyone knows that you're going to be throwing the ball. And we just haven't had that level of execution from Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, if my whole thing with playing Jimmy Garoppolo was I'm I'm fine with him playing if he's playing at the level that we expect him to play at. And right now we're not getting that, even though, again, this is a this is a, a rainy game. And I think out of all the games where I, I'd expect, you know, to, oh, am I going to see the Jimmy I expect to see? I would say I would expect at least in these elements. But even then it's like, well, you are who you are. You have to figure out a way to win this game. And he just couldn't do it. And I, I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo will get blamed too much for this one too because there was I do the, too the the Xavier Rhodes interception that hit Debo that wasn't like he threw the ball to the defender he threw the ball to his receiver it hit Debo in the chest or in the hands or something uh, maybe there was even a little pi in there with with Xavier Rhodes getting there early but. Um, that wasn't a terrible throw. The last one, you know, the, the game was over. They weren't going to come back. He was trying to make a play, throw it down the field, and it slipped out of his hands in, in a wet game. You know, it looked ugly. Um, a strip sack, you know. Maybe he That's gets the ball out quicker, but said. he's hit from behind by a pass rusher. What are you going to do there in, in wet elements? Right. So uh, it, it wasn't actually that bad of a game for Jimmy Garoppolo, but the fact that they couldn't take advantage of anything with how many players were out and Xavier Rhodes limping around out there at cornerback and one of the few Ooh. left that was a starter that was still in the game. You can't take advantage of that. I mean, you just can't do that in today's NFL, even in the rain, because we saw the guy on the other side do it. Right, and, and that was my thing with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and really kind of Kyle Shanahan too. Like, are we going to – or I asked a question on the podcast. When has Kyle Shanahan taken advantage of a, a – a, either deflated with injury secondary or just a poor secondary. And again, he takes advantage of things with scheme and he does a really good job of that. But sometimes you have to be like, you know what, let me scrap my scheme for a second. And I need to just attack this guy because one, everybody that we talked to uh, before the game from the Colts side said they all had the same thing to say about Xavier Rhodes. He is playing the worst football they've ever seen him play ever. Like he is just so bad. One went as far as to say, worst cornerback in the league, all right? And then on top of that, you have a guy who gets injured during warm-ups, and they're not even sure if he's going to be able to play. And at no point in this game do you test him vertically. Like, that. that's on Kyle. Now, maybe Kyle's thinking, well, I don't I don't trust my quarterback to be able to do that. And then that's that's a whole other conversation there, you know, if you can't do that. But at, at one point, Kyle, you, you have to kind of get out of your own way and not try to outsmart everybody, and you end up kind of outsmarting yourself in a situation to where it's like, let's just try this. And we saw the pass interference calls that the Colts got, and I know we'll get into that um, next segment, but you have to give yourself an opportunity at least. And, and the 49ers, they just have not done that. And it's not just this year. They haven't done it at all under Kyle Shanahan. All right, we got to talk a little bit about the rest of the offense, the defensive side of the ball, that secondary for the 49ers and all the penalties involved there and, and some letting up some big plays late and then give out some game balls from week seven coming up. Do you ever fight for logins or trying to 
figure out where the stream is going to come from game to game and, and highlight to highlight when you're watching football on a Sunday. Does it sound familiar? One device here that lets you catch the game live. Another, you're streaming your shows and then you've got sports highlights on your phone. Neighbors, best friends, log in and all those types of things. Well, I want everybody to know that there's a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. And it's called Direct TV Stream. And I know you know Direct TV and football go hand to hand on an NFL Sunday, and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. There was a point in the game where I asked the question, and it was after some bad turnovers on the Colts side too. It was like, in that rain, what are you even doing throwing the ball, period? Just run it. Just run well, it. Both running backs were having some success. Uh, both running backs had almost identical lines at the end of the game, actually. 18 carries for 170 yards and a touchdown. Exactly the same for both Jonathan Taylor and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell looked a lot better early on, but they were still you know, running the ball well enough to sustain some drives. When it was 12-7, it was like, just don't turn the ball over. Play some defense. Collect those turnovers because they're coming in this rain and this wet weather. And keep running the ball, play keep away, and maybe try to kick a field goal here and there, try to get the ball in the end zone maybe. But um, it just wasn't to be, I guess, for the 49ers on this night. Well, you know, listening to Chris Collinsworth before the game started, he said, yeah, the elements aren't great, but it's the NFL. You still have to be able to throw the ball to some capacity. And and that's why I like, you know, a lot of coaches, they like the quarterbacks with the big hands because they're in with the big arms because they're kind of able to spin it a little bit better in weather like this. Uh, I don't think either quarterback threw it necessarily well in the rain, and that no. wasn't to be expected, even with Carson Wentz. How many passes did he underthrow? But attempting those passes still resulted in big gains uh, because of the pass interferences. And I know I got a lot of those responses um, to my Twitter about the secondary and just how bad they are. And it's hard for me because I don't, I don't equate pass interference calls with a bad cornerback. You know, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think because you got a pass interference call, like, oh, you suck and you can't play. I think the guys actually are playing extremely well, but, <laughs> and I one, one person once told me, um, everything you say before, but doesn't matter, right? But, but, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, the, at some point, you can't, I can't keep making excuses for the pass interference calls. And a couple of them were ticky tack, and a couple of them were just downright, just bad. And you can't have it. And obviously, I think out of everything we've talked about so far, that was the biggest contributing factor to the 49ers losing this game. I was asked who the 49ers secondary coach is, the defensive backs coach. Are they not doing a good job? How come so many corners in the 49ers default to grabbing rather than turning and looking for the football? It seems like it's a plague on that 49ers secondary. And we saw it multiple times tonight. We saw it with... Um, Emmanuel Mosley had great coverage on Pittman, just grabs him in the end zone, like plain as day. What are you doing? You can't, that's going to get called when you're doing that. You're in great position, you know, um, 
go make a play on the football, turn, look at the football, put your one arm on him, maybe, but he just, just straight up grabbed him. Um, yeah. We saw the, the tart play, which is really difficult because he's trying to chase a guy who beat him, and the ball squirts out of um, Carson Wentz's hand. And another example of Carson Wentz giving his guys a chance to make a play, and his guy made a play, and the 49ers didn't. And Tart just straight up runs into him because he's trying to chase him down, and the ball's underthrown. It just makes for one of those awkward plays. There was the, the, the one I hated the most, I think, was the early one with Norman on Pittman. And Pittman was pushing off just as much as Norman was maybe tugging at him a little bit. If anything, don't call it on either guy. Some people said, oh, it should have been offensive pass interference. No, dude, hold on to the flag. Let him play a little bit. Well, I think the, the corner grabbed the arm. Well, he can only grab your arm because you're reaching back, pushing off. Right. So, yeah, essentially it's going both ways. But if Pittman never pushes off, does Norman ever grab his arm? So I think the the receiver initiated the contact. So I, I don't see how, yeah, I mean, okay, you could go with no call, but at the very least, I mean, it, it can't be on the DB. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you look at some of these other instances, especially like the underthrown passes, that's really tough because if you are beat, which like Tart, I think they said that he was trying to disguise something, maybe held it a little bit too long. They had to kind of play catch up or whatever. If you are beat, then you are taught to work to play through the hands. Yeah, kind of have to play the eyes, and you're not going to be able to look back. And it's tough because if he looks back, he probably gets the interception that falls right into his lap. But that's actually a bad technique to look back early before you are able to get in phase. So it's like, well, I'm I'm chasing to get to the hands and play through the hands, expecting the ball to be thrown well, and the ball was probably thrown five yards short. And now all of a sudden, the receiver is trying to work back through me, and I end up getting called for a pass interference call. Mm-hmm. That that's. Out of all the PIs, I, I didn't like the Williams one. Obviously, I didn't like the Norman one. But that Tart one, that's really tough on a defensive back when you are in that chase mode. I, I don't know what the 49ers do about all these penalties. I don't know if it's just like, hey, just stop grabbing. I have seen uh, a coach uh, in previous years talk about the guys wearing like boxing gloves and <laughs> at practice. So it's like, well, you can't grab with your yeah. boxing gloves on, but... <laughs> Um, I don't know how well that worked. I just know it's it's tough because you don't want to tell your guys, hey, don't be physical. Like, don't play, you know, play soft. Like, don't – because once you change the way a guy plays, now their coverage is bad. Because right now their coverage isn't bad. They're just getting caught a little bit too much with the penalties. They're in tip, – they're typically in good position, and they're contesting guys at the catch point. I, I love that about them. They don't suck. Everybody's talking about, oh, the, the secondary does not suck. But they definitely have to figure out this penalty uh, issue. I've asked you this question before. I'm going to ask you one more time. Where was Diamador Lenore in this game? Not active. Are you surprised the 49ers are going with guys like Trey Kirkpatrick, who Carson Wentz literally threw the ball to on the last touchdown of the game? He threw the ball to him. Cover three. You're looking at the quarterback. You're looking at the ball. He throws it to you. And that's where his wide receiver happens to be going. And you can't make a play in the ball. And you're like 6'2". That's your job as the long corners. You're supposed to be able to play against a wide receiver who's 6'4". And Michael Pittman made him look like he was 5'7". Yeah. I've done a lot of defending of the defensive back and saying that, you know, they're not bad. They don't suck. But, like, Drake or Patrick sucked on that play. Like, that was trash. Like, that was... That ball should be going the other way, right? You you got to pick that ball off. Or at least... I saw what happened. He, like, like slipped. When he went to jump, he slipped. So I saw what happened. But at the end of the day, like, like you have time to set up and get in position to time your jump. And it just, you had like a, a malfunction right before the jump. 
it just can't happen in that situation. And again, another that, that was a third down play. I mean, and and, and that was the yeah, down was for the Colts chance. that really broke the 49ers back yeah. several times, whether it was the pass interference plays or that play right there. Terrible. Uh, any other takeaways here? I know we have to give out some game balls here in a minute. Did you have any other notes, any other takeaways from either the offensive or the defensive side of the ball? Um, I, I thought the offensive line did an okay job. Like DeForest Buckner didn't have a big revenge game and take the game over or anything like that. I saw him get blocked on a few occasions. I saw him have a couple of wins. I thought uh, Trent Williams being replaced by Jalen Moore wasn't a massive problem for the 49ers. Luckily, aside from DeForest Buckner, that Colts defense wasn't uh, the, the type of group that was going to take over and, and really hurt the 49ers up front. So I thought they did pretty well up front. Um, there was that odd. How about this one? And uh, this is something that's frustrated a lot of fans is the 49ers starting out hot, you know, first drive of the game, everything. Lo- and, and in fact, the field was in great condition to start. And I was thinking, oh, is it not even raining there? Because they, they were kind of like throwing the ball around a little bit and running well. And it's like, oh, OK, I guess the elements aren't going to be a problem. And then as it continued to rain, uh, they started to collect some some wetness. And I think it started to rain harder, too. And then points got a little bit harder to come by there after the first quarter. Hey, but real quick, the first drive, real quick, yeah. Peacock, the, 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 the first drive. Right. Why why can't we do that with Trey Lance? All it was was two boots and the rest were runs. Right. <laughs> like like you can big play you can run from that, under center. You can run those exact have, plays with Trey Lance. Yeah, and they just didn't. And that that's and, and crazy thing is we saw him do that in the preseason. How many times did we see him do that big boot and roll left mm-hmm. and um you know his turn his body to make that throw and he threw a couple of really nice ones to like Richie James and there was another one and also the big boot uh and the big throw to uh, uh, Trent Sherfield and with Jimmy G and I'm not nitpicking here, but there was one thing I did see and everybody's been talking about how Brandon Ayuk hasn't been targeted. He's in the doghouse. I believe it was Ayuk on that play where uh, Debo Samuel caught an over route. I think it was maybe third quarter, maybe third quarter. I think yes, might've been fourth quarter. Oh, it was on the drive where they scored the, that their last touchdown. It was it was the fourth they, quarter, and I have notes on that one too because that was another drive. It was like all of a sudden it was like boom, boom, boom. Okay, well that looked tempo, kind of like the Did first you see drive. My tweet? Three plays, seventy yards in the fourth quarter. Debo Warner, Debo touchdown, boom. Did you see my tweet about uh, going tempo? No. And I talked about it in the third quarter because the Forty Nine ers got a first down, and my my best friend, my brother Donald, he loves to go tempo when he's calling plays. Like it's like when you come out and you get a first down, he likes to boom. Let's go tempo. Right. It okay. simplifies the defense. You get to play fast. They get confused. And that was the one time I did see the 49ers go tempo. But on that play, I want to note on the on the play that where Debo caught downfield, they ran like this deep crossing route like that. And they ended up throwing it to Debo. He could have just as easily threw it to Brandon Ayuk. And there might have even been more field to throw it into that open area and lead him and catch it. It could have even been a bigger game. So I know a lot of people are thinking Ayuk is in that doghouse, but there have been some opportunities to give him the ball. They're just throwing it to Debo, which I don't blame them. I mean, he did have over 100 yards, and he – I mean, there was a couple that he bailed them out on that ended up getting called back because of penalties. They even put him back at kick returner, and he looked good doing that too. It's like, Best dude, kick returner on the team. I think I saw – shout-out to Kyle Madsen, who's been on the podcast before. I, I think he put the number out there that Debo's um, – target percentage was like 40.7 or something like that. And that checks out like, you know, 40, it seems like half the, the tar, half the, the offense runs through Debo Samuel. It's, it's pretty crazy. It was but, 43. They said that only person uh, that's, that has a higher percentage of his uh, targets or whatever is Devonte Adams with the Packers. Wow. That's crazy. 
but yeah, so like it'll look so easy for one drive, and then all of a sudden the 49ers just can't even get a first down for the, the rest of an entire quarter. It's maddening at some point. Did you hear the comments, though, which came from Kyle Shanahan about Brandon Ayuk, that the kid needs to grind a little bit more? Did you hear those comments? Uh, they talked I about it on the not. broadcast. It obviously was something that Kyle Shanahan said to them during the production meetings for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Al Michaels brought it up, and he was pretty <laughs> – I don't know if Kyle wanted him to say it word for word, or I don't know if he's exactly quoting him, but he basically was like, we love the kid, but the kid's got to learn how to grind, basically, talking about Brandon Ayuk and that they were hmm. frustrated with, with Ayuk. Well, I mean, and, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about that complacency and how it can kind of set in. And uh, some guys feel like they kind of arrived and you're not really there yet. And you don't do the things that really even got you to that point and prepare that way. And I think that can be frustrating for a coach with, you know, how do you hold this guy accountable because he's not working the way you want him to, but also try to figure out how to use him and it not just be a total waste of a talent on your roster. That's a tough balance that Kyle Shanahan has to figure out. And that is part of being the head coach of a team. You know, Croc, before you join the show, after losses, sometimes I would do sort of a therapy session podcast because I think the fans needed it. And I think some of them are riled up and and I think there's some finger pointing going on. But I think tomorrow, maybe open it up a little mailbag and let the fans vent a little bit and then maybe have a therapy session with some of them. I think maybe that's what we should do tomorrow. So uh, hit us up at Eric underscore Crocker at BD Peacock on Twitter. Locked on 49ers at Gmail is the email. And let's talk about some things and, and maybe see if we can uh, get through some of this and have some communication here and uh, and come out the other side, a better football team and a better fan base as it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers. But next, Croc and I will give out our game balls for week seven. There's a good chance if you're listening to this podcast, you are somebody who drives in their car and gets gas. And if that is you, then you got to check out the Get Upside app. Listeners are making up to 25 cents on every gallon of gas every time they fill up after downloading the Get Upside app. Just download the free app, promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. It's super easy. Use the app. It tells you which gas stations nearby are partners. Fill her up. Cash back on those gallons of gas. It's super simple and a win-win for everybody. Just use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. You cash out anytime you want. Bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Do you want 15% off a box of Built Bars? Well, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You can get any of their fantastic original flavors. They've got some marshmallowy puff flavors right now and the newest blueberry muffin, which is fantastic shooting up my power rankings for Built Bar flavors. What's your favorite flavor? Get 15% off at Built.com. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Uh, maybe you want a little bit more protein. You can get up to 18 grams of protein in some flavors, like the peanut butter, which is my favorite. But there's a ton of great flavors, all covered in delicious 100% 
chocolate, the nine original flavors, a bunch of new flavors. I think they got 18 flavors up there. You can build your own box and mix and match flavors. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Croc, let's give out some game balls here. There are some 49ers worthy of a game ball, but we've talked about a couple of guys that I want to shout out from the Colts. And it's it's both giving them props for going out and winning a football game, but also some frustration from the 49ers standpoint of Michael Pittman and Carson Wentz. At the end of the game, they allowed Wentz to make a throw. They allowed Pittman to make a catch. They made plays. They... Frank Reich allowed Wentz to make a play. Wentz allowed Pittman to make a play. And I feel like there's not enough of that going on with the 49ers. Not enough playmakers, not not enough um, throws that could allow a pass interference, that could allow a team to win a game. And to be honest, I think they were too aggressive on that last drive. Like, that should have been a Drake Kirkpatrick interception, right? That gives the 49ers an opportunity to have the ball back and come back and maybe score. And the Niners shouldn't even have had that opportunity. They should have just ran it and tried to kneel on the ball right there and not even try to put the ball in the end zone. But they went twice. They, they threw a deep ball on the outside, and then threw another one to Pittman. Ended up scoring a touchdown. They ended up winning the game. And it was it ended up looking like an ugly score, even though that game is really close with a 30-18 to 18 final. But to make it worse when it comes to Michael Pittman, was that Pittman was drafted nine picks after Ayuk in that 2020 draft. 34 overall. Crocker, I know you liked Michael Pittman a lot, so you're not super surprised that he's playing pretty well, right? And he, he, hasn't been, four. he hasn't been a world beater. He hasn't been amazing, but he's been pretty darn good. And what's crazy at this point, he was drafted nine picks after Ayuk, the second first round pick from the 49ers that year. He was the second pick in the second round. At this point, through the first two seasons of their careers, Pittman's career has been more impactful than both 49ers first rounders, Ayuk and Pittman from that year put together. Ayuk and uh, Kinlaw. And Kinlaw, yeah. What I say? Yeah. yeah. Ayuk and Pittman, Kinlaw yeah. put, put together. And Pittman's the guy that beats you on this night. You know, that's that's a little yeah. frustrating to see that play out that way. Well, yeah, because I think a lot of 49er fans liked Michael Pittman as well. Just the thought of having a big, you know, 6'5 receiver that could play above the rim. And he played with good speed and he ran well and he was a smooth guy. And obviously we saw him have some of that dog in him at the end of that game. And the 49ers are kind of missing that guy, you know? And I think maybe you... Saw them trying to do a little patchwork and is like, well, we'll see what we have with Jalen Hurd at this time. And obviously they drafted Jawan Jennings late in that game, um, late in that that uh draft. But yeah, Michael Pittman, physical specimen. Like I said, that was my wide receiver four in that class. I had him right behind CeeDee Lamb. So I thought he was a terrific prospect. And I think last year, uh, his rookie season, he he spent a little bit too much time on the injury list. But right now you can see him kind of coming into his own. And with T.Y. Hilton out and Paris Campbell. He had to be the guy that they leaned on, and when they needed him most, he came through. And as we said, Wentz wasn't amazing in this game, but you know, and he made some bad plays even. And it's not like he was throwing lasers in the rain out there or anything, but he he made a few plays with his legs. But more than that, let the other guys make plays. You know, Reich and Wentz. Maybe even they were too aggressive, but they were confident. They went after it. And I can't even imagine. Kyle Shanahan in the same situation doing that with Jimmy G and throwing the ball like that and trying to make some big plays. You know, who would come down with the football in those situations? You know, just run I think the clock Debo. out. I think Debo I, I think could we be kind that. Of sell Debo. I think we sell Debo a little short. Like, there was a ball that where Jimmy was going to throw and the, and the ball got hit and fluttered. And who came down with the ball? Like, Debo in traffic, you know, with people around him. Now, they call it holding on, I believe it was Dwelly, which I didn't think it was really holding, that one. Um, kind of close, whatever, but... Uh, Debo, 
the ball was in the air floating around. He went up. He made a catch in traffic, and it just seemed like countless times when he when you need a play, he's a guy that does it. And we've seen him against the Lions. Was not a perfect pass, right? Ball was like underthrown. He adjusted to the ball, made a play. Uh, the touchdown pass, uh, and I mean they've only thrown it to him downfield a couple times, but the one to Baltimore Ravens, 2019, fourth and two, just throw it up in in the traffic, and you had like a. Uh, Marcus Peters waiting and he cuts in front of him and catches it and runs it for a touchdown. So we've seen the opportunity, we've seen him with some opportunities turn it into a touchdown, but it's just been slim pickings when targeting him down the field like that. And maybe they need to do it more because that like right now he is your best player, he's your best playmaker on your offense. You have to give him more opportunities vertically. I think they have to. They have to try it. They have to find another. It's like someone else has to make plays if it's not Debo. He's the only guy. And like, imagine Debo gets dinged up. Where's the offense right now? Because he's the only guy making plays for the 49ers. And when you see the other team go win games with guys making plays, and it's not like Michael Pittman is, um, you know, Calvin Johnson out there or anything like that. You know, they're, they're, they're allowing their players to make plays and they're, and they're paying off and they're making plays, going and getting PIs. And, and the 49ers have been killed by those and they cannot get it on the offensive side of the ball while they're out there letting a playmaker make a play down the field, going and getting the pass interference, you know, getting some chunk plays like that. So um, that's absolutely the 49ers, something the 49ers can do better. But, I mean, and I, I think he probably leads the team in game balls so far this year, but you probably got to give one to Debo, right? 100%. Yeah, you have to. Again, I mean, and not just with what he did offensively, but throwing him back there on kickoff return and really even just the impact he made on that. Like I think his second one, he got the ball to about the 35 yard line. The one before that, um, he was just a little like on, if he would have broke that tackle, I, I believe where he got a little tripped up, he would, that was a big opportunity as well. So, I mean, that's just your, that, that's your guy. And I feel like now it's like, all right, we got to get him the ball any way possible because that's our best playmaker. I'm going to throw a game ball out there to Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing from Elijah Mitchell. He was, uh, he did a good job for the 49ers offense. He's just been solid. He hasn't been spectacular. Um, But that first drive was like, oh my God, like are the Niners just going to run through these guys? But he's still into the game, 5.9 yards per carry. He was still running hard. I like what I've seen from Elijah Mitchell. Somebody asked me if, uh, if Elijah Mitchell is uh too is hitting the hole too quickly and i was thinking no i think that's why he's playing over sermon because kyle shanahan likes how decisive he is he gets downhill quickly and makes a decision and just gets downhill i was somewhat criti- critical of him over the first uh few games but now it seems like the game is kind of slowing down for him a little bit and he's kind of understanding when to you know hit that hole hard or when to kind of be a little bit more patient i think he's seen the field well uh, I think he's been shifty, a lot shiftier than I thought. You know, we were talking about him being more of a just pure straight line guy. I'm starting to see that shiftiness, that bouncing the step, setting up blockers and things like that. Settle. I think he's kind of shaping out to be a really good runner, and I can see why Kyle likes to play him over Trey Sermon. And it's not just because of the speed element of it. I think he's just running better and runs at a, a faster tempo while seeing it better. I, I really like what I'm seeing so far from him. And by the way, the number two and playing a little third down role with Jermichael Hasty, you know, who was not to be seen in that game. Trey Sermon. Sermon. Yep. Do you have any other game balls you want to give out to 49ers from this one? Yes. Aziz Al-Shair. Yeah. Our, this is my last he was one a I guy who, Yeah, he was a guy who was, you know, flashing all night. He was playing in the backfield. And that was the guy that the Colts, out of Colts followers say, who the hell is 51? He's looking like an all-pro player. And I think, you know, uh, you know, 
getting the takeaway, it looked like an interception at the time, but I think they uh, officially determined it was a fumble. Fumble, yeah. But just kind of being there, Johnny on the spot, recovering that. Uh, you know, the tackles for loss near the near the uh end zone in yeah, the red zone. That goal line stuff uh, right before the the Wentz keeper where he scored the the rushing touchdown. Right. You know, I think he he's done a lot of really good things. He's flashing and you know, I think when Drake Greenlaw comes back it's going to be hard for him to kind of unseat uh, you know, Aziz from, you know, that starting middle linebacker spot. I think he's playing extremely well. He looks good next to Fred Warner. Doesn't look out of place at all. Uh, like a lot of what I'm seeing from him. We we are not super surprised by this, right? This development of Aziz Alshair. I think we talked about it before where we thought maybe Aziz Alshair looked a little better than Dre Greenlaw anyway. So yeah. the fact he's playing well, I don't think is super surprising. So yeah, we'll see when Dre Greenlaw comes back, if he'll get his job, if there'll be sort of a, you know, a first, second down slash third down role for them and they kind of rotate in and out. So that'll be interesting. But I think Alshair has definitely earned the job. Your questions on tomorrow's podcast. Let's have a Locked On 49ers therapy session for Tuesday's program. Get your questions in to Croc and I before Monday afternoon and evening when we record at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Let's talk it out. What's going on with the San Francisco 49ers? And thanks for making us your first listen every day right here, Locked On 49ers. Peace. Trey area.